years and hours passed before I could finally make myself believe that nothing was coming for me. I heard nothing from upstairs. No crash of a massive bulk ramming through the wall. Not even the squeak of a shoe on the floorboards. I forced my terrified mind to concede that even the most patient of enemies would surely come down and face a single civilian, then wait them out the whole night. Dawn was making its way across the sky when I finally made my way back up into the waiting room. The radio was quietly beeping in the corner. Someone was trying to send me a message. My legs began moving over to respond before I could stop them. Well-practiced routine winning over fear, I suppose. Still, there was no sign of the thing I had seen the day before. I averted my eyes from the windows and checked the message. Remain at your post. Please inform of all activity, not just personal, in future. Do not let anything get in the way of your duties. I felt any connection to the outside world fade at that message. Clearly, help was not coming. But the message was not just a refusal. It was an admonition. Somehow I had failed in my task. What had I failed to report? I let the question mull over in my mind as I went through the motions of acknowledging the message. If believed I had failed to report activity... That must mean they were expecting activity on the tracks. Another train. I tried not to let myself criticise the fact that they had not given me any warning one was coming. I supposed that minimal communications about upcoming travel was simply protocol after a war heavy with espionage. So, a train had left and not reached the station. And now something huge was outside the station circling me. I sent another message, carefully choosing my words. No other activity to report. No trains have passed the station in either direction. I hoped it didn't sound belligerent. In any case, it seemed like vital information. <sighs> I took a breath. It was time. I had put off checking outside for too long. I stood, picked up the poker again and moved to the window. Outside the early morning was clear and the damp platform sparkled in the weak sunlight. The meadow beyond had transformed into a shallow lake, reflecting the grey-blue sky above. I saw no sign of the dreaded thing that had been watching me. I ran over the events of the night before in my head. It had seen me and moved to attack. This I was certain about. And then, for some reason, it had stopped. It was my duty, I realised with a heavy heart, to find out why. Not just for the sake of the railway and my job, but for my own survival. No one was going to save me. I had no real weapons on hand. The army hadn't seen fit to give me a gun. I did, however, have the wood axe which I had oiled and sharpened. 
I took this from its place at the back door and hefted it with two hands, testing the weight. It was hardly going to do me any good against something the size of a tank, but like the poker, it gave me some courage. I pushed the door to the platform open, my entire body tense. The platform was as empty as it had seemed from the window. I walked across the rickety wood carefully, then down the steps on one side to the tracks themselves. I looked across to where I had last seen the form leap. I crossed the tracks, keeping my eyes peeled for any movement. The water came up almost to my knees, but it was clear enough, the ground firm underneath. As I reached the place where I had seen the thing, I noticed something shining under the surface. There was a band of metal, like the iron railings on the tracks, sunk into the ground. It gleamed as if it had been freshly laid and, on the surface, I could see some sort of engraving. I followed it along, walking along the side that was closest to the tracks. It continued along under the water for some way and I realised that it would take me some time to walk it. I was already cold from the water and aware that whatever was stalking me could strike at any minute. I retreated back to the platform to dry off and consider my next move. Noon came, and I ventured out again, this time in a pair of waders I had found in one of the outbuildings. They were far too big, and one had a leak, but I made much better progress following the strange metal line. I walked along between it and the tracks, until I reached the end of the meadow the tree line only a few feet away. The tracks continued into the woods, but the band curved around and crossed underneath them, shining under the twisted and rusted metal of the railway. I followed it around and realised I must be taking the same path as the thing. Was this what it was tracking? What was it? I continued to walk until I reached the other side of the station, where the trees made following the line harder. I could see where the undergrowth had been crushed to the other side by the thing following the same route. Some little voice in my head told me not to cross to the other side of the metal band, stay within the bounds of it. I returned to the station, feeling oddly safer. There had still been no sign of the thing, but I didn't believe it was gone. Back at the station, there was another message waiting for me. I built up the fire and heated some soup, then went over to read it. Hold the station. Train incoming. I allowed myself to feel a moment of dread and anger before I ate my soup, sent a message in acknowledgement and set myself up on the platform to watch for the train. I kept my axe close by, but noticed that my fear of leaving the station had diminished since finding the metal. I didn't understand why the station was encircled or what it meant, but I felt somehow more protected. The day moved on as I waited, the afternoon turning slowly to evening, and the setting sun casting golden red light across the water left by the rain. It was pitch black outside when I finally heard the sound of the train in the distance. The normal rattle and churning call drowned out by a horrible tearing and screeching noise that made me run out onto the platform and to the very edge to try and see what was happening. 
The glow of the train lights shone out from the darkness as I waved the lantern, trying to let them see that the station was close. I could hear the speed of the train. It was still galloping along, even as it grew closer. I couldn't hear the familiar hissing of the steam being released or the squeak of brakes. Instead, as it approached, I could see the screeching was accompanied by sparks flying off the tracks as it flew onwards. It passed by my horrified eyes, huge gashes torn down the sides of the carriages, men screaming in fear as they held onto the remains of their shelter, others hanging out the sides, clearly past any kind of help. The smoke billowing out the front filled the air as it sped past, transporting me to a sudden and dreadful hell as the scene passed before me. Then, as it crossed in front of the station and carried off into the forest beyond, I was back alone, with the train now becoming distant again, and the horror in my heart huge and all-consuming. I felt stunned by the sight, as if I had been physically hit, and stood there frozen in the dark. Then, another sound cut through the night, and the force of it released me and sent me scurrying back inside before my brain had a chance to understand it. It was a howl unlike any I had heard before, hardly like an animal and yet too full of malice to be the sound of machinery. It was the creature and it had found its quarry again. The poor train crew couldn't have known any more than I did what protection the station offered and while being in the vicinity had clearly given it a chance to gain a lead on the creature, they had chosen to keep going and outrun it rather than stay. It had been a mistake. I sat in front of the radio for a long time, thinking about what my message could say. I knew in my gut that, to my employers, I had failed. Although what could I have done? By the time I had discovered the metal band, the train was already on its way and could not have been told. And besides, it was still only a theory. I could feel the seconds ticking past as I stared at the machinery. I thought of the terrified faces of the soldiers on the train, hurtling through the dark, sent to face whatever was hunting them down on the tracks. I wonder if they knew any more than I did. I reflected that they probably knew less. I remembered the fear I noticed on my own journey. What had they been told? We had all lived so long in secrecy and here we were, trying to open up a line between two cities that only a year before had been intent on destroying each other and everything in between. We could not continue like this, least of all me, the one person sitting between them, the one person who had seen the creature and was protected from it. I had to find the truth.